1: Forever! Dog!
2: Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, so many, dudes. every little do all the dudes.
3: And we couldn't help but wonder. jamie lee and rose
2: cerno i'm jamie lee and i'm rose cerno and this is couldn't, couldn't help, help but, but wonder. wonder a podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us, us. oh my god I'm rose back. cerno's back in the mix <laughs> You guys did an amazing job last week. Uh, we tried to have me record, but I couldn't stop crying. So it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this week,
3: ah! <laughs> well I uh, I'm just so happy you're back I yeah we were very worried about you but also we didn't want to like worry the listeners we're like she's not feeling well <laughs> because I was like this is not my story to tell but if oh, you want to fill them sweet. in on why you were missing if you don't whatever you're feeling no, I will you do yeah you. I, love
2: our, I love our our fans our friends our stands um I I had surgery on Monday and it's uh Wednesday today so I'm in a good mood but before then I was just really depressed because I had you guys know it's been this whole mishigas with my back. I finally got surgery. I was healing. And then I literally sneezed and blew out my back again. So I was just in a really dark place and we tried to record and I I couldn't stop crying. And so we as a team decided that you guys didn't really need to just hear me wailing like an Italian widow in the back. Oh, (laughs) my God. So I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be on the road to recovery. Um, this oh, I'm podcast. So happy you're back. Thank you. I'm really happy to see you. I'm guys. like so happy to. Yeah,
3: and, and I mean, I was saying off mic, like you sound, you just, yeah, you have
2: hope in your voice. Like it's a different. I feel like she's back, baby. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Well, I would say that catches you up now as far as who I was this week. Yes, tell us. This week I'm a carry because my Warner Brothers Television Fellowship started last night. Oh shit! How was it? It was so fun. Oh, and that brilliant. is heaven. I know. Actually, Ted Lasso is Warner Brothers.
3: Oh yeah, Ted Lasso is Warner Brothers. I, yeah. When you said you got the WB fellowship, then you named two shows that sounded like WB. So right. I was like, oh, is it Warner Brothers or is it like a CW? I, right. I, I I didn't know, and I yeah. And then you weren't feeling well, so I didn't pry. But I'm, right. okay. So if Warner Brothers fellowship. Got so it. it
2: was really inspiring. I love. Yeah, they're all the my, studio for Ted Lasso. Yeah, I love all my colleagues. Um, and then the people that that did it last year were on the zoom as well, just to tell us how it went and how cool. Anyone you knew, um, anyone I knew, no one I knew. Okay. Um, some people have mutual friends, Yeah. but then it was really cool too, because he's stepping down, but Peter Roth, who's like a legendary, Mm -hmm. he was, he's like the vice president or president of Warner brothers. Who's been working there for 22 years. He's been in television for 46 years. He's
3: like just leaving. I heard, right. He's
2: retiring, but he gave us this complete, inspiring locker room speech about how <gasps> important television is and how what we do like changes the world. It was just like we were all like teary eyed. Oh and my
3: God, Rose. Yeah,
2: it was really amazing and inspiring. And it was really interesting hearing everyone's experience. And um... Jamie, who were you this week? Um, who was I this week?
3: I guess I was a bit of a Carrie. Yeah, I don't know. Who's like the hobbyist of the group? Oh, I guess. the hobbyist. Yeah, I think Carrie. She? Yeah, she tries. Uh, yeah, I feel like she kind of,
0: Davils. oh no,
3: probably Charlotte. She tried tap dancing. Yeah, think that was a little bit of a Carrie-Charlotte blend. But then Char- then Carrie gets into, she does the trapeze um, in <laughs> the upcoming seasons, which is definitely a fun hobby. So I don't know. But anyways, I basically, I kind of got into this space where I was like, as a kid, I used to be like, very like on my own I would just be very creative I was really into like arts and crafts and then I went to a special high school for visual art and was just very into like painting and drawing and sculpture and all this stuff and then I kind of dropped all of it when I started stand-up um yeah I mean like any kind of thing to do just for you as an activity just completely went out the window. Cause I was like, well, my career is so fulfilling on a creative level that I don't need any of that. But now I'm in a place where I'm like, yeah, I do <laughs> like hobbies are important. It's good to be into things. So on that note, I was like, fuck it. I took like jewelry making when I was in school and I always really liked it and felt like I was so pretty good fun. at it. And so I was like, you know, maybe I'll like, start a fucking jewelry line and who knows if i'm actually going to go through with it but i've been just on a you know for me level been making jewelry and like i just love it and i think my stuff is good to the point where i like want to wear my own stuff which i feel like is a good because i think that i remember distinctly when i was in this probably applies to any kind of like creative pursuit but sometimes you get into making something and you're like who is this for? Like you, you, you kind of are like not in your body and like in your own taste when you're making something, you're kind of like thinking of, I don't know. I, it's, it's almost a test of like being true to yourself and what you actually think looks good versus what you're producing. So I realize that what I am making in jewelry is something that I like. So I'm like, okay, well I stand behind it. Like, I don't know if it's something that's going to appeal to the masses, but I know it's something I want to wear. So
2: I think it's I feel beautiful. like I saw it on your Instagram. I was like, this is really good.
3: Thank you. I I've been studying a lot of jewelry accounts on Instagram, not because I had this as like a, a, an end point in mind, but just casually was like looking at them. And I'm, I just got to a point where I was like, some of this shit is not that good and they're doing really well and they have a lot of followers and it's like super basic, like Mm. truly like, yeah, just, just, just like kitschy, stupid stuff where I'm like, I can't believe this is like catching on. And then I was like, well, what if I made the nicer, classier, like slightly higher, not slightly much higher quality version of the kitschy shit that I've been seeing. So that's my mission. And I'm and calling where, are it only you going to bead stores or what? <laughs> yeah, I went to, there's a great bead store in Sherman Oaks and they were so helpful. And that's so, they fun. Have, I love beads. Oh, it's, so, that's a thing is a bead store. So man, it fucking gets me oh, going. I oh love it. I think that was also part of it. I was like, Oh, there's something so calming and serene about just being in a store filled with like colorful gorgeous beautiful things yeah and like it doesn't matter like i don't i'm not my my career is not like riding on this but it would be fun to pursue something business wise that is completely outside of what i do normally so i don't know i love this
0: but i also I i also wanted to say Jamie a couple months ago you went on like quite the anti hobby rant and it's just fun I to know, that's I right. love it coming back around.
3: <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That I'm so glad you remembered that. Yeah, oh yeah, super anti hobby. And and mostly because I was just like, I don't know, I just yeah, I don't I'm not going to no, defend get it. my rant. I'm not defending my rant. I still part of me still feels that way, but also part of me is like, man, it feels so good to do something that is there's just no
2: stakes. That's totally. you know, really also, the thing. It's not really a hobby because you're planning on making a jewelry line. <laughs> I know I can't just
3: relax. <laughs> I can't just have this. I, it's like, no, I'm like, how do I monetize this? That's good. That's not cool. even how do I monetize it? It's really more like, how do I disseminate it? I think that's the part of my brain that I can't turn off. Is like, how do I disseminate my art? Like, that's just always in my mind. But I've been that cool. way since I was a kid. In fact, I the most only child shit ever. This is in like the early 90s, like pre-internet. I would be in my room and I used to make beads out of like Fimo clay. And I used to make like beads and pendants and all this stuff in my room when I was like nine years old or something. And... Uh, i remember distinctly being like i'm starting a business like i'm starting a business in my room and it's like jamie logistically how is anyone going to get to your merchandise like are do you expect people to like come in off the street and then your parents are gonna be like oh yeah she's down the hall like first door on the right and then they like a stranger like, comes into my room to like look at my goods like
0: there's like a directory right in your like foyer like
3: yeah <laughs> I, like the it was it made no sense um and sometimes i would like Set up a table outside of my house and like so on a Saturday, cute. like a lemonade stand, but like a jewelry stand. That's and, amazing. But we had the least busy streets. So it'd be like one car every half hour, and <laughs> it just none of them stopped. It was really sad. It That's was a bleak so scene.
2: Funny. So I have to
3: right the wrongs of my past, you guys. I gotta well, rewrite history.
2: Like visual art that you were describing, sculpture. Mm-hmm. Da da da. That's very therapeutic to just be doing something with your hands and kind of like get lost oh, in it.
3: I am. It is so, and it also. Not only is it doing something with your hands, it's so little. It's like which you would think is kind of like obnoxious. You're like, oh, these bees are so fucking tiny, and I have to like thread. But it takes so much concentration that it's very. It's just like you said, like very therapeutic because you can't focus on anything else. Your mind cannot wonder. You're going to like drop beads all over your floor. I love
2: that. I used to make jewelry when I was a kid and I just you did. Oh, I had such happy memories of going to the jewelry mm. store and my sister and I and Fimo and all that. It's, mm. I think it's great to have hobbies. I think it's awesome.
0: When I was in elementary school, we had a a teacher, Mrs. Taylor, who taught a knitting elective mm. and I learned to knit and i would sell that's beanies awesome. to like my friends oh it was like God, a fun little cute. like
3: that is fucking cool guys. it was fun it's i know Skylar. i
0: still know how to do it i just don't do it very often but it is it, in line with the, the it's fun to do something with your hands knitting is very in that way it occupies your hands you gotta pay attention to it but you can do it while doing other things it's and yes. you have a fun like wearable product at the end of it
3: yeah, and also yeah, my grandmother used to knit, and uh, I learned how to crochet, but I mm-hmm. never learned how to knit. And crochet is beautiful. We- crochet is cool. I it's very it. simple. But no, I I wish I had taken up knitting because it's such a useful skill. Like it's so cool that you could like make someone a sweater, make them a scarf, make them a- like you can make such cool things. So maybe that'll be my next hobby.
0: It's fun. We can we can all Your meet up for knitting enterprise? circle.
3: Oh my god, Sky. Yeah, let's we can go look at yarn together. Oh, be heaven.
0: It'd be fun. I still have, I have my stuff around somewhere.
3: Okay.
2: Well, actually, needles ready, baby. Yeah. When I was in the throes of my existential despair, a friend of mine connected me with another friend who's had chronic pain for like her whole life. And she was uh, suggesting that I take up hobbies and mm. she was suggesting knitting. She's like, when I'm in a really bad place, I knit because I can not have to move that much. And so I think there's a lot of therapeutic value to it.
3: Okay guys, I, you know my hobby rant You're, You I don't mean your your business I, endeavor your your yeah, my, <laughs> I don't know my Jamie empire Incorporated. yeah <laughs> I, well, I think I'm, I'm going to call my business only child because I want all my, all of my pieces feel. I love how I'm talking about my fucking jewelry line that I I've literally made six necklaces and I'm like my line, my pieces. I love but it. But Like, I think it's so, because I really have such a connection to my childhood of just being by myself and doing arts and crafts. And I was like, there is something special about like, if you're going to start a thing, it's nice to be like, Oh, like I actually, there's like meaning behind this to me. It's not just like, oh yeah, I just like think these things are pretty. Not that that's a bad thing, but like, yeah, I think there's like humor in making necklaces. Like it really is like little Jamie just like in her bedroom (laughs) listening to Weezer and like,
2: yeah, it really is. So anyways, I think only child is a great name for a brand. Yeah. Also.
3: Cause it kind of, yeah. I mean, I could talk about this forever because I was like, Yeah, it just is true. Like everything I'm making, I'm like, oh my God, little me would have been like so into this. I can't
2: wait to see the pieces.
3: Thanks, friend. I'll send you some. Okay, I can't wait to see. Okay, great.
2: Okay, well, that's great. Good catch up. Great catch up. I'm
3: so glad you're back and you're feeling well. Round of applause for Rose Cerno. I mean, it's been a fucking journey. I'm so proud of you. And I'm just really glad that you're on the mend. And I know that it's not like, a smooth road,
2: but it's nice that today you feel good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. I will give myself a round of applause in three months when everything is fine and I'm completely normal, but I'm very happy to be where I am now. This is a huge improvement physically and mentally. So thank you guys. That gives
3: me such fucking relief hearing you say that. Thank you. I've been so worried about you.
2: Thank (laughs) you for being on this crazy journey. I know it's sort of like this is a sex and city pod and it somehow became like an intense chronic pain pod. But that's because it's a life pod. And that's what happened in life.
3: It is a life pod. And I I love that phrase. It's a
2: life pod. <laughs> yeah. We are a fucking life pod. Speaking of which, I have to say, uh, Skylar mm-hmm. and I chatted for a second before mm-hmm. we started recording. But um, two things. I absolutely love this episode.
3: I think this is my favorite episode of the entire series. I just want to go on record.
2: And- it's oh, a wow. phenomenal, phenomenal episode. I'm so excited to get into it and talk about it. And then the second thing that. Skylar and I were sort of chatting about was how interesting season five is. It's um, it's really deep. It's kind of like so far the deepest one. Would you say? Would you agree?
3: Yes. I think that the nuances of characters are getting. um, Yeah, they're getting more and more subtle, but also significant. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think that's true. I think Berger is especially a very complicated character and I feel like we learn a lot about him in a very short amount of time whereas with Aiden who we spent a lot of time with I don't really feel don't like we got it. anywhere yeah no. but with Berger I'm like oh shit I know this guy
0: I also feel like this has been such a Charlotte an interesting Charlotte season when there have been interesting Charlotte seasons before you obviously have the whole Trey arc but like now her post Tray, her like small uh war with bunny and now harry it's like she's just on her own path this season which i think is really cool to see because i don't think they always service her as they do the rest of the core four
3: no i think she gets she gets yeah she's like a fine wine she just gets better with time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she really does i love charlotte more and more
2: and they they're not afraid to go a little dark this season i mean there was a bunch of depressing episodes in a row this one is not depressing Mm -hmm. to me But a bunch of them before were. And it's interesting. It was crazy depressing. It's a heavy it's a heavy season. It's kind of like they they lured us in with the fluff and now we're invested and now they're getting it's kind of interesting. I wonder if it was the writers or just but they start to get a little jaded. You know, Carrie gets jaded for the first time. It's a really interesting journey that we're on. But
3: it's interesting because they also had a bigger budget as the series went on. So it's still fun and splashy yes. and colorful. Yes. And so when I, I said this, like when we first started on this season, like I my recollection of season five is like, ooh, now we're now we're in it. Now we're getting now like the fun has begun, you know. But then you watch and you're like, actually, like it. I am having fun. Don't get me wrong. But like this shit is dark. It's very mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. But this episode, oh, this This is really great. I can't wait to get into
1: it. Okay, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait, you take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you.
3: So today we are covering season five, episode eight, and it's called I Love a Charade. This is the season finale, correct? It is, yeah. Okay, so this is the season finale of season five, and it's called I Love a Charade. Rose Cerno, kick us the fuck off.
2: Oh, I would be so glad to. (sighs) So the season five finale kicks off with a core four catching up with Bobby Fine, Carrie's piano playing bar buddy, who's played by Nathan Lane. Absolutely epic. Mm-hmm. Bobby, it turns out, is getting married to a woman. Bitsy Von Muffling, incredible name. Congratulations, writers. An older socialite in the Hamptons. Carrie can't believe it. She and everyone else thought that Bobby was gay, but then they get wedding invitations.
1: It's happening. Everything's booked, so the really big question is, where are we going to stay? That's the really big question? (laughs) What about why are these two people marrying each other? Mm. Is that all there is? Well, Fitzy said they were madly in love. You see, I find the love facade the most offensive part. We're adults, we can handle it. Bitsy should say I'm getting older and I want companionship, or Bobby should say the hot men don't go for me anymore. But don't print up invitations and call it love, as if love transforms people and changes molecules, because that's bullshit. I guess you don't want to be my date, then. No dates unless they have summer houses. Oh, relax. We can stay with Stanford and Marcus. I was a fool to break up with Richard before Labor Day. He has a fabulous house. I wouldn't go to this charade if you paid me. It's like there's a pink suede elephant in the middle of the room and nobody's allowed to talk about it. Do you think they won't have sex? All married couples stop having sex eventually. That's not true, you've had sex with plenty of married people. <laughs> That's how I know. Okay, let's say it's companionship. How do you sustain a relationship without the Zaza Zoo? The what? You know, that butterflies in your stomach thing that happens when you not only love the person, but you gotta have them? Isn't that what gets you through the years? Even if it fades, at least you have the memory of the Zaza Zoo. I'm fine with whatever people want to do. Just be straight with me. I think that's how
2: Bitsy proposed to Bobby. <laughs> I love the Zaza Zoo. That's such a cute concept. It is. It's I love the uh, word. It's
3: like what your grandmother calls it or something. It's like, it's not like a known term, but you're like, you know, it's usually just like the butterfly feeling or whatever. But yeah, I think it's cute.
2: It's Um, really interesting. I was thinking when I was listening, I fully 100% agree with Carrie. I mean, obviously, there are so many different kinds of marriages. There are are arranged marriages. There are marriages of convenience. There are all kinds of things. Um, And there's no one right or wrong. I would say as an American, I'm a little more uh, familiar with the Zaza Zoo marriage. And that's sort of what I hope to have. But one thing I, I just was thinking about during this conversation was because we never get into the, any of the characters' backstories at all and what their families are like. Right. We just know who they are now. Um Miranda was so angry and so pissed and it just makes me like what is bothering you here? Like what about love just really boils Miranda's blood? And why are you so cynical? I don't totally understand. Well,
3: maybe it might be because as we get to at the end of this episode, like she's she's fall she's realizing she's in love with Steve and maybe it's like that moment like right before she figures it out so she's just dealing she's she has like unprocessed emotions that's interesting that are actually feelings for Steve that she can't recognize so
2: maybe she's just feeling angsty oh that's interesting because she can't kind of live her truth or something
3: yeah or like hasn't figured it out and then Yeah. I mean, I don't want to skip ahead to the end of the episode, but there's such a beautiful moment at the end um, where, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just doing it, but there's a beautiful moment at the end where she goes, she's like with Brady and she's like, let's call daddy. And she kind of like feels freaked out that she just said that. Like, Because that's sort of the moment we see, like, oh, they're a family. Like, she's been trying to fight it, but they are a family.
2: But that's interesting to me, too. Why is she fighting it? Like, I mean, as an outsider, it's like, wait a minute, this guy loves you. You have a kid together and you have great sex. It's really hard for me to understand what is holding her back. Like, what is the baggage that makes her so scared of him, you know? Yeah. I
0: I also think that in this particular scene, part of her anger at Bobby in particular, and Bobby and Mitzi... Comes from she is in this unconventional, non traditional relationship with Steve. Bobby's in this unconventional, non traditional Mm. relationship, and it's working for Bobby, but it's not currently working for Miranda. Good, Sky.
2: Skyler, ding, 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 MVP. Is that is heaven?
0: I think, yeah, so I think it's a resentment. Coming from a place of resentment, a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's a good I think
3: point. that's that you just articulated way better than I did. A similar feeling I was having, which is why like, do you get yeah, to be Yeah, it's happy? like unprocessed. Mm-hmm. There's like an unprocessed, like, like a lack of self awareness that she's kind of similar to them in a weird way or something. I yeah, totally. I think yeah, but you you said it best. That's
2: really interesting and super interesting. And it's an interesting. I love this episode because I I can't think of a particular wedding that I went to like this, but I do know relationships where you're like, huh, or I do know couples and and stuff where it doesn't totally make sense. And I'm definitely, yeah. I think I, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I've known people who I'm like, wow, I totally thought you were gay who are in straight relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that it's such an interesting, what I love so much about this episode is We don't care about these characters. We don't know these people. But what is this marriage doing to all of our all of our core four? It's bringing bringing up a lot for them. It's really stirring it up and it's making people angry and confused. And it's like, for some reason, this unlikely couple is really getting the goat of everybody. It's like
3: triggering all of them in these mm -hmm. different ways.
2: Yeah, because it's like they can't really get their fingers around it. And it's like at the same time. That does happen. There will be couples that you don't quite get or people that don't quite make sense, but it works. And sometimes it's not for us to understand, you know, like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I think we've talked about this a little bit, but like this show doesn't believe in bisexuality or pansexuality. It's very binary, black, white, like you're either gay or you're straight. Like that's I I or I don't know, or like the one time they did explore bisexuality, it was like these kids these days. Mm-hmm. Remember? Uh-huh. So it's like there's a little bit of that, you know, it's like, oh, well, if this were written now, like maybe he does, maybe yeah. he's into men too. Like yeah. who knows? But maybe this is his primary partner. Like this show, it's so funny because sometimes the show pushes the boundaries so much and feels so far into the future. And ahead of its time. And then there are these moments where you're like, oh, that right. It, this is early 2000s. Like they just didn't go that extra distance of like, hey, maybe these two like have more fluid sexuality than we do or whatever it is. Um, there's yeah. just like no acknowledgement of that.
2: Yeah, I completely agree because it's like I, I kind of got invested in this marriage of like, what is this? You just can't help it because they explore it. And by the end, I was like, yeah, I kind of think there is something here kind of unconventional that's working (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know absolutely um also yeah i was
3: gonna say something about scammy marriages oh my god just quick side note talk about scammy marriages there is an excellent documentary on netflix about princess diana called princess diana and her words i mean it that i had i don't i don't know where i was because i feel like a lot of people understand like what she went through and what her life was like for me i just kind of was like oh i know she's a humanitarian and then she died very tragically but i didn't realize like she was so her scam marriage was like the scam of all scams like she was so miserable from the beginning Like, there was no honeymoon period with her and Charles. It was so bad. Anyways, I'm not going to go into it, but it is a great documentary. I want to watch it. Um, Highly, highly recommend. It is very sad, but it is really, really interesting want to watch it so yeah okay so take us away okay so after brunch charlotte catches up with harry it turns out he knows bitsy von muffling too and was already set to go to the wedding he asks charlotte if she wants to go together but she isn't sure she doesn't feel like she's in good enough shape to go to the hamptons and be in a bikini okay charlotte whatever but harry makes a deal with her he will wax his harry back if she will come with him and be his date
2: I just have to say something quickly about Harry. Um, probably I'm defending him because I'm Jewish. But like the representation of Jewish men is so insane in this. There's so many hot, good looking, sexy Jewish men. The fact that they only have one Jewish guy in the show and he's like a schlubby, like uh, hunchback of Notre Dame is kind of annoying. Do you wait? You think? Wait, what? Oh, you Jewish mean because men are it's very like good the, looking and sexy. Oh, Jeff yeah, Goldblum yeah, yeah. is Jewish. It's kind of like. I just feel uh, like yeah, the I know show mean. If the- really trades in, like, anyone who's not, like, a wasp is, like, a disgusting yuck. And it's, like, even the Especially fact that... Especially she- from Charlotte's perspective. Right, but anything. It's, like, even Samantha, who fucks everyone, there's, like, a Southeast Asian, you know, waiter who tries to fuck her. And it's, like, that's her first time she says no. It's just, like, anyone that's not exactly... That is White. such a good point, Rose. And so I just am like, I just think this is so funny because I think Jewish guys are great looking and I think they're known to be good looking. I don't think they're known to be like these trolls. I mean, it, yeah. it works very well for the show because it, it works well for, for the storyline with Charlotte. But there's that no it's other like, Jewish characters. So it's like the idea that like this exactly. is how Jewish guys are. They're like absolutely disgusting totally. monsters. Totally. Yeah. Their portrayal stupid. of jewish is like it's yeah just ridiculous. like disgusting
3: like you are rich but you are a troll yeah
2: that you're absolutely gross and you have to like love someone despite their jewishness kind of right i just find i, it I couldn't a agree annoying.
3: more and so that's a great point to bring up yeah the representation's not great
0: but there is also rose to your point um there is the guy that charlotte sleeps with early on who's the Hasidim. i mean it's so over it's, the top uh,
2: it's yeah it's the, so there were over no the top. jews in this writer's room i'm gonna say it now
0: yeah, they have very. They only have like stock. You might be right. And kind of I offensive, <laughs> just depictions of Jewish. Yeah, you're people. so
3: right. Yeah, it's like, but also, yeah, in I don't New know York, what's
2: going like on. There was no hot Jewish guys. Um,
0: and, and offensive because they're that limited, like not showing a spectrum.
2: Yeah, like for example, in Will and Grace, the reason they could get away with the Sean character being like this wild gay guy is because they had Will, who was like chill and it wasn't like a stereotype, like. All they needed is one normal Jewish guy. You're so right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, the yeah. next day, Samantha calls Richard. She figures their messy breakup means she deserves some kind of settlement. So, she uses his Hampton's house for a grand soiree. He, of course, is not invited. And when Miranda gets back to her place after a long day of work, she finds Steve and Brady both mid-nap. Steve wakes up, and he and Miranda have a nice moment talking about some lilacs he brought over, which inevitably leads to sex.
3: Leads to sex. Uh. Later, halfway to the Hamptons, Samantha, Carrie, Miranda and Brady stop for food. Miranda tells Carrie she slept with Steve and she's not sure where that leaves them. Samantha, meanwhile, announces Brady is not invited to her party at Richard's house. Miranda will just have to figure out something to do with him.
2: Um, This is kind of what we were talking about before. Like this scene really confused me when Miranda's like, I had great sex with him. He's the father of my child. He's completely in love with me. But I can't I just think I think it's real. I just wish that we went into a little more of the psychology. Like, has Miranda been dumped a million times? Why is she convinced that this thing that has just nothing but green lights will be bad? That's just the thing that psychologically I'm just not sure where it comes from. I guess from. that they just want you to sort of they want
3: you to buy into like her and Steve had problems and like another go would just be
2: a bad. big risk for her. Yeah, I guess so. It just seems so. But also, good. she might still
3: be in a zone where she's like, I yeah, but I don't want to be with him. Like that's the vibe I get that they are going for is like, yeah, 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 we have sex and stuff, but like it's Steve. Like I think she's a little like She still won't take him makes, seriously. I think it I've been this way before, where sometimes things make too much sense and you're just like, it couldn't possibly be that simple. Like I have to make everything complicated. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So I wonder if it's that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I just wish I had a little more understanding because as an outsider, it's the father of your child who loves you, who you have incredible sparks with. I'm just, I guess I just wish there was a little more clues and crumbs. Even what you said, just like, even if she just said we've got a gone, reminder we, of we, like, I went down this path before yes.
3: it never works or something. It never works. Exactly. It, literally one sentence would help. Just so this. I
2: understand, because I totally. want to get it, because I'm kind of totally. surprised why Carrie's not like, why are you making this hard for yourself? Like, mm-hmm. this is a slam dunk, you know? Well,
3: yeah, I was I was thinking of something that I know about later, that, but it, it is much later. It's in season six, so it doesn't help right now with what you're talking about right now. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, when Carrie heads to grab more ketchup in an absolutely insane outfit, may I say, it looks like she's trapped in a fishnet with a little weird <laughs> Matthew McConaughey hat. I'm just like, what <laughs> is this? A, it
3: was a kooky look.
2: Pa- pa- Patricia Fields, God lover. Sometimes she just really like... Has a drink before work and just goes crazy. (laughs) (laughs) She is just a wild lady. Oh,
1: my
3: God. She's like, here, put on this like hat that looks like one like that you would put on a Barbie just a little bit bigger. It's like
2: curls in the ends. I'm like, why is there like a French curl in there? Yeah, I couldn't. So crazy. Yeah, I hated that outfit. Um, Well, she gets more catch up at this little truck stop and she has quite the run in with Burger. He's very cute um he bought it's so a- hot he's so adorable i just don't know why he's the hottest guy on the show he is and he's such an everyman but there's just something about it him so hot yeah he yeah. bought a motorcycle to get over his breakup Ooh, and decided to take it up to the hamptons he and carrie have a flirty back and forth and she invites him to samantha's big bash
3: So once Samantha gets to Richard's house, it is all party prep until a trio of young Hamptons randos show up. Apparently, Richard said they can use his pool whenever they want, and Samantha just has to deal with it. When the party gets going, however, she wishes she did not have to deal with it. They take their tops off and are just completely the wrong vibe. Very unsophisticated. Yeah.
2: I have to say, we did see their breasts, and I didn't think they were fake. They looked like real boobs to me. Totally. It was not great casting. No, because one of them had small breasts, and the other one had big breasts, but were like long, real boobs. Yeah, they—they
3: it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to cast like girls with very obvious implants. I think so. Yeah, fake boobs are circles. Because it's just one joke, really. Yeah. Also, I
2: thought in a weird way, like it doesn't matter at all, this is not important, but like Actually, taking your top off at a party like that—I kind of feel like that is the vibe of the party, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I actually—that's a great point. I think I do think it kind of kicks things up a notch. It makes it a little more like European. Yeah,
2: like let's have a good time. Th- like maybe it's not eleganza, but it's like they're having a—I have to say—even just like the the. This is when I was loving the show. Like when they showed that backyard party with that pool overlooking the oh, ocean, I was like, God. "Get me to this." fucking house
3: i know that's why honestly i think that is one of the main reasons i love this episode so much is like it's just eye candy like everything about it i'm just like oh i want to be there i want to be there i want to be there like the whole thing i want to be at that wedding yes i want to be at i want to be i just want it i want it all over my body yeah the
2: hamptons are incredible i went once with my sister and it's just you cannot overplay how absolutely stunning it is. it really is great No questions. asked, And it
3: also like it has this stuff where it's like a scene, but it also is so charming. Like, it's just cute as fuck. Like all the little towns and like it's amazing. It's just the best.
2: So Charlotte and Harry show up, which immediately goes poorly. He's wearing an embarrassing tiki shirt, which is hiding an even more embarrassing back. The wax did not go great. I actually thought this scene was I was surprised it didn't move forward because Charlotte was being so rude to Harry And so critical, and I thought for sure they were going to have a fight where he was like, "Hey, if you don't accept me, move on." I actually was kind of annoyed that that she kind of got away with being so nitpicky with him, and and he didn't have his word.
3: Yeah, and this is just the beginning of the nitpicking.
2: It keeps it keeps going. Okay, yeah, she 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 picks a lot. Because I was Um, kind of like, okay, you know, don't say his back is disgusting. You made him do this really painful thing. I just thought it was kind of rude, honestly.
0: It's also a little yeah. It's also a little he. Just the way he's written, he's like, a, he's weirdly comfortable with her stepping all over him, which is interesting. Cause like, there's well, also.
3: I have a theory behind that. Oh, interesting. But go on. But go there, on. Go but
0: on. there's that beat, Um, I think in the last episode where she's, after she makes the sort of bargain with Anthony that she can have sex with him, but she'll kick him out of bed every time that she does that. And he just like kind of takes it. He has zero uh, oh. objection to that. Yeah. And it, it's, it's kind of, it seems to be a little bit of a part of their dynamic, which I think is. Interesting. It's, a, it's well, an interesting I think choice. The
3: reason is because and I have a feeling this probably came up in the writer's room, honestly, is that he likes to be pushed around because like his mom was probably pushy. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's that's that there's especially if like to Rose's point earlier, if they are sort of playing into all of these Jewish stereotypes on the show, that there's no way that didn't come that's up. Interesting. Like. interesting. She is exactly his mom, just like, yeah, nagging, shoving him around, like making him a pushover.
2: I think your your comment about the Jewish mother thing is really interesting and astute. And I agree that that's it. I think there's another thing on top of that very legit thing, which is he's a schlub. He's the beast with the beauty. And so he's always going to be kind of like, oh, my God, I'm so lucky to have you. Not that it always happens that way. But I think that it's also playing into the stereotype of like he's batting outside of his you know I don't I can't do sports I don't know what I'm talking about but he's like no that you, was a good I was really I was following say, it. Batting outside it sounded of like his you knew league, it. but that yeah were, he's batting outside <laughs> of his league if you had said that
3: and not stopped yourself it would have been like totally he's batting outside of his league like I would not flag that at all that sounds perfectly thank sound you to me. thank you I
2: think that there's I a part of it about sports there's a part of it that he's like I'm dating a girl that is way out of my league and so I'm kind yes, of lucky I to think be that with is her. the
3: other layer I think that is true I think it's those two things, and it's it, yeah, because he, yeah, I mean, he's also just so wonderful to her.
2: I mean, I have to say that, like, you know, we'll see as the as the show progresses, and we'll we'll keep revisiting this. But like, I don't think it's superficial to be disgusted with somebody who has food all over their face. That's disgusting. No, like, that's I hard have a, to say like that. Like,
3: I have a lot of anxiety about because my <laughs> my grandmother used to chew with her mouth open, and it was like my family thought it was like like yeah it was just it's disgusting yeah. and she was so not that person like she was so sophisticated in every other way it was like the strangest thing and I always was like that is so gross so I have a lot of anxiety about like table manners and like stuff that. because of that so I totally agree with you I think that good manners is
2: totally important and legit it and is like, important and I think that it doesn't even make you superficial to be grossed out by it I think if you have bad manners you can learn to have good ones like yeah,
3: mm-hmm. I think that's also part of it is like, it's not that hard. Yeah, just it's care a little. Simple.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, all you have to do is just yeah. care a little. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, <sighs> so we're at this wedding. We're at this party right now before the wedding. And Carrie catches up with Bobby, who really makes a meal out of Marcus, Stanford's boyfriend. He does this whole thing with grating cheese on his abs and says, maybe I should marry you. he really takes it far. And afterward, he and Bitsy leave to mingle. They make out on the way. So no one knows what to think. Then Berger shows up and he and Carrie head outside to talk. I do have to say one thing before we cut to the clip is it's interesting that Marcus and Stanford are so judgmental because you can look at Marcus and Stanford and say, why is Marcus with Stanford? Like, why is anyone totally. with anyone? It's kind of like yes. the yes. Whole thing of the episode is it's like it's just not so clear, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Because they're like, wow, he seems so gay. Why is he with her? It's like, well, Marcus is a model. Why is he with Schlubby Stanford? Like, yeah,
3: I wonder if that's. Oh, I think they maybe touched on that when they first got together. So maybe they feel like
0: I'm just. They now, don't have
3: to revisit it.
0: I'm just now realizing mm. there's very weirdly. This is a little bit of a tangent, but very weirdly, when we get to the scene after the clip we're going to listen to in just a second, when Stanford and Marcus are playing with Brady at what I guess is Marcus's Hampton's house. Right. He's wearing a shirt that says Stanford, which like Stanford university but also like the guy he's dating which i'm now realizing that's a really weird detail
2: <laughs> oh that is
3: a weird detail
2: you know what though marcus says when 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 bobby comes up makes a huge deal about marcus's abs and then bobby walks away and they're all like what the fuck was that marcus goes well maybe she makes him laugh oh, and it's I loved mm-hmm. that But it's kind of like he's saying that's why he's with stanford because i'm sure a bunch of people are like why are you with stanford and he's probably yeah. like because he makes me laugh like that was like my
3: favorite line of the episode. Yeah.
2: And it kind of, to me, shows that Maybe Marcus kind of gets laugh. it. Marcus, it gets it. Marcus is Bobby. I really feel like people probably ask Marcus all the time. You're a supermodel. Why are you a Stanford? It's like Marcus gets like, it's not just what meets the eye, you know? Yeah. So that's that. And now we're going to see what's going on with Carrie and Berger.
1: There's a really nice garden.
2: So you garden? No, no. I have been known to hoe but uh,
1: my ex actually planted the garden so we could enjoy fresh summer salads.
3: Uh, We didn't quite make it to the summer, so uh, it's more fresh pain than fresh vegetables. Yeah, I I can't really go out there.
1: Yeah, I know how you feel when I broke up with my ex. I couldn't bring myself to go within six blocks of his furniture store. When did you two break up? Uh, Last year, for the second time. we, We broke up the first time the year before that. Oh, you broke up twice. Way to go. Yeah, well, we hadn't sufficiently hurt each other enough the first time around. But we definitely took care of business this time because this time he moved in. So we had the merging of the things, and uh, right. the dividing of the things, and then the things that are left behind that you don't want to give back because that seems mean. <laughs> and you don't want to throw them away because it's all you have left. And it just gets harder as we get older because we're not dating wildly inappropriate people anymore. You know, there's, there's no, uh, whew, glad that's over. Right. Right. And after every breakup, I tell myself, I'm never doing this again. It's, it's too hard. I mean, how many of these things can one person survive? <laughs> you know, what? they should institute a helmet law for relationships. Right, that's, that's excellently put. Well, thank you. <laughs> well,
3: I should get going. Uh, it's gonna take me six hours to drive the
1: two miles home, so.
3: Okay, can I say please tell us that when I I've watched this episode many times I've watched all these episodes many times I always was like wow burgers weird but upon just hearing the audio of that Carrie is um, she made it awkward like it I think
2: you I, understand I mean, the POV
3: yeah way more than I ever did watching it I always was like oh this is like the first crack in the burger molding right. like he's you know, he just kind of, he's just a conflicted dude and he's still hung up on his ex, da, da, da. But like, man, I was like, yeah, like she just was like a bummer.
2: <laughs> it was just a bummer. Well,
3: that's true. But because- she also has some great points. not I'm not saying that she's in the wrong and I get where it's coming from, but like yeah I was like ah okay I gotta go like she just sucked the air out of the room
2: well I kind of get it because it's like I get what you're saying Jamie because there you know obviously there are no rules there are rules whatever you want to think but like there's a reason people say don't talk about your exes on first dates or second dates it's it's heavy it's depressing and I don't know the more therapy you do you realize that like you're like starting off a relationship trauma bonding is not exactly like the healthiest thing like it's much better to start a relationship off with like Light and laughter and fun, and then you can get to the heavy shit later. It was interesting though, because when I was listening to it, I was thinking to myself, as somebody who's like, you know, dating in my late 30s, it's like, it's really interesting. The older you are when you date, just the more history and baggage you have. So you do have great loves and great heartbreaks, and you have more stories and more wounds, but it doesn't mean you have to go into the worst of it immediately.
3: Yes. I also think that. It's interesting because it's like, I think that, yeah, you have you have more life lived behind you. Mm-hmm. But I actually think like, you also learned a lot from those breakups. So in a lot of ways, at least in my mind, in a lot of ways, you're actually way less damaged than like when you were younger and had less like relationships under your belt. But the ones that you did have were so devastating that they left this impression on you to where like, it just felt traumatic. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, if I met someone and they were like talking about their ex, I I wouldn't want to hear about it right away, especially if it's like super negative right. and long and like what Carrie was doing. But I think there is a part of me that I I, I don't think it's as grim of a conversation as you get older because it's just like, yeah, that's life. We've all been through stuff like almost not that the loves that you have aren't significant, but you almost learn how to cope more as you get older or something.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that you, you make a good point because it seems a little abrupt when you're watching the episode. You're like, wow, why did he just like his pants just catch on fire? But then when you think about it, it's like you're talking to someone attractive that you have some Zaza Zoo with and they're just like talking about like I mean, she really went there with like
3: and he was keeping he was keeping it light. Again, I really was like down on burger in this scene for so many watches. But when I hear the audio, I'm like, he's actually like he he yes, he's talking about his ex, but He's doing it in a way that is kind of like as light as it possibly could be given the circumstance.
2: Well, it's interesting because it's these two really attractive people in a gorgeous picnic in a beautiful place. And they're just talking about how like doomed relationships are. It's not exactly yeah. like foreplay. No, not at all. Yeah, they're just they're both they don't they don't know how to they don't, they're just in an awkward place right now. And
3: also, like, I think their whole thing is how much they kind of click Like they just get each other like right away, you know? And so I think that if you have that kind of like nonstop easy conversation and then it gets awkward, it feels much more awkward because you're like, Oh, our whole thing is that it's never awkward. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, there's no warming up to each other because we're new to each other. We're just like in it right away. We understand each other. We've got a great back and forth. You get my jokes. I get your jokes. Like, so I think that if they have any kind of whatever thing that throws off their rhythm i think that they're very thrown by it because it's like our
2: rhythm is our thing yeah it's interesting i also felt like there's people that you meet who you're like oh maybe we'll go on a few dates and then there's people that you meet where you're like oh i could completely fall in love with this person and yes. i think they already know that about each other so everything yes, is just really scary totally
3: totally totally
0: The way that they underline, um, burgers, just how much he gets knocked off by whenever they're not in sync is so funny too, where they, they had this whole runner with him being bad at using his motorcycle and it's like, (laughs) he's like falling over on it and like, and, and like does not know what he's doing. And it's like actually like kind of high consequence if he really screws up, but luckily he doesn't. It's, it's a really kind of goofy swing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Totally.
3: Okay. Um, OK, so back inside the party, Samantha has another run in with those Hamptons freeloader women. They dunk on Samantha for being old and not having a boob job. So she throws a cantaloupe at them. Unfortunately, she misses and it ends up smashing one of Richard's windows. So basically, she does like a bit where she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just dying for my tits to be like this. And she holds up cantaloupes and then she throws one and it breaks the window.
2: It's also like, I mean, Richard's such a piece of shit. I hope that that she realizes. I know it really gets her goat when they're being rude to her, but it's like, she's not mad at these girls. She's mad at Richard. I mean, what a fucking sleaze, you know? Yes. The day of Bitsy's wedding, Carrie and Miranda have brunch while Marcus and Stanford play with little Brady. Carrie. Oh, I want to be at that brunch. I know. It, was it looks so amazing. gorgeous on the
3: patio. Ugh, Get so us to fun. the
2: Hamptons. Yeah. Carrie agonizes over her weird hang with Burger before Stanford stops by to talk. Carrie's impressed. Stanford has a great Hamptons house. He's got a great guy and things are working out. Only they aren't. He and Marcus haven't had sex for months. It's interesting how they treat the side characters, because the only reason that that's important is because it relaxes Carrie and makes her feel less bad about her situation. But she doesn't like further inquire as a friend, like, are you OK? What's going on? It's oh, like, no, that, that's way, too, that's way too much to ask
3: from Carrie. Oh she God. can't.
2: She can't be bothered.
3: Also, the show never goes into that. They just like,
2: don't care. It's so weird.
3: The show's like, yeah, he's like, they're not having sex. OK, well, forget about that. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like it's not a major plot point. Let's talk but about like, it. Oh, but it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay. At the actual wedding ceremony, everyone's still getting their digs in at Bobby. Even Harry has something to say about this marriage. But once they hear Bobby and Bitsy's vows and see their real deal love for each other, the core four and Harry have to admit maybe they are a little too cynical.
2: At the reception, Harry hunts down Charlotte to dance. Carrie and Miranda push back on being embarrassed by him in the first place. He seems great. When Carrie steps away, Miranda and Brady play with some lilac on the table and it reminds her of Steve, so she calls him. She's thinking about him and wants to say that she misses him. But when he doesn't answer and it goes to voicemail, she hangs up and abandons the thought. At the cake table, Carrie
3: catches up with Bobby. He is so glad that she came, and he's glad he and Bitsy are making their relationship work. Miranda and Samantha, meanwhile, catch up at the bar, where Samantha admits she went a little overboard throwing that melon at those girls. Out on the dance floor, Berger finally shows up, and Charlotte and Harry have a big discussion.
1: What, now you want me to wax my eyebrows? I think I may be following in up with I've been falling for you since the moment we met. But I never thought. What? Come on, you could have any blue-blooded guy here. I'm...
0: You're wonderful.
1: And Jewish. So? So, where can this go? I don't know. Let's find out. Charlotte, I have to marry a Jew. She can marry a gay guy, and you can't marry an Episcopalian? What do we do now? I don't know. Dance. Apparently, Charlotte had the Zaza Jew. You're awful quiet. And I intend to stay that way. No, you were fine. I just wasn't sure if I was up for all that again. Then I thought... Then you thought what? Maybe we should go out on a date before we break up.
2: That's romantic, I must say. I love that
3: line. So good.
1: When it comes to relationships, maybe we're all in glass houses and shouldn't throw stones because you can never really know some people are settling down some people are settling and some people refuse to settle
2: for anything less than butterflies oh uh, beautifully I'm written i i think that the um it's interesting uh, jamie and i are both jewish and i think we have a similar well i don't know i think we're similar my family's mostly atheist Nobody cares who marries who. It's a very chill Same. family in my my family. My grandpa cared, Same. but my my direct parents don't care. But I do know Jewish people who absolutely will only marry Jewish people. And it's absolutely, that's it. And so I actually thought that this was very realistic because I know people like Harry who gr- yes. grew up with, you know, their grandparents were Holocaust survivors. It's an absolute must. And, and so um, I think it's a really clever thing because... You think for sure if someone's going to get hurt or dumped, it'll be Harry. I mean, look at Charlotte. And then it turns out actually, you know, this guy that she's completely taking for granted all along the way may have his own restrictions.
3: Sorry. Yeah, it's it's such good writing. It really is. It's such good writing. She's been nitpicking at him this whole time. And he's like, yeah, I can't marry
2: you. Yeah. She's like, what? Yeah, it's a really, you know, these writers did such a good job breaking this. uh, This is like Charlotte. This whole character is just worth these last two seasons, really. Yeah. So I think that that's very realistic. I think that does happen. I mean, I'm a little judgmental of it just because I don't relate to it. But at the end of the day, people need to do what's right for them.
3: Yeah. I mean, in my family, I have um, my aunt and uncle. I think my aunt, her parents were Holocaust survivors. And I know that she would love her sons to marry. Jewish women. But also I know that my cousin is currently dating or sorry, engaged to someone who's not Jewish and like they accept it. So, you know, there could also be that where it's like it's not as black and white as like you have to marry someone Jewish, but it is even like a conversation
2: like It's not not a thing. Was it important for you to marry a Jewish person? Your husband is Jewish. Was that something that played into it in some way?
3: No, 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 definitely not. I mean, I guess it's always like because I've had I've dated several Jewish people, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I have also dated non-Jewish people. Um, I do. There is a connection there. Of course, of course. just there is. Yeah. So um, it's I would say it's kind of like a nice little bonus thing that we bond over. Um yeah, I also dated someone who's who's grew up super religious um Christian and l- his family was uh, like a very well to do family. Um they had a you know whatever beautiful house and they were just lovely people but I definitely there was a piece of me that never fully connected. I understand
2: that. Yeah, I get
3: it. Um if I had just been a friend going over there, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I love his parents." But as a Love it. Person who's like, yeah, actually, like, you know, in this mix on a romantic level, you're just like, oh, I don't know if I could marry into this. Yeah. Like, I I don't think I could marry or, somebody or very I, religious. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's just a little. Yeah, it was just a little it was a little tough. I mean, not I want to say repressed, but, you know, I think a lot of families have blind spots and secrets. I don't think that's exclusive. To anyone. I think everybody's like, oh, yeah, I've, like my family's really close. And then you find out like, oh, you guys don't talk about that huge thing. That's like a thing in your family. You know what I mean? Like, I think everyone thinks they're like, we're open. We're cool. We're we you know, we talk. We even yell. We're loud. Duh, duh, duh. And that's like, oh, well, you could even even in those circumstances, you might have things that are like, oh, that's like we don't discuss that. So for me to be like, oh, they were so closed off. Um, I don't know if that's a fair assessment, but it did feel that way a little bit. Where I was like, I don't know, I don't feel like you could like really chip away at
2: them and like get to the core of who they are. I have to say for myself, like I've dated plenty of non-Jewish guys and plenty of Jewish guys, more non-Jewish guys than Jewish guys, but I have to say there's something that always like I'm like a very like outspoken, loud person, and I feel like with my the guys that I've dated who grew up very Christian. They're like, oh, my God, that's so crazy yes, that you that's how that I you felt. say what you think. And oh, my God, yes. you're at a restaurant. and You took back the plate. And I feel like it kind of makes me feel like. Like they would never in a million years do that. And there's something about like being so polite that you literally don't stick up for yourself. I'm not saying that that's a Christian thing, but it's definitely not a Jewish thing. And that is hard for me, whereas I feel like the Jewish guys I've dated are like, oh, yeah, loud women. That's how my mom is. And my sister. I get it. And it's like it's not intimidating. It doesn't like blow their mind. They don't they don't think it's like this wild curiosity, you know. Um, yeah.
3: When I was growing up because I grew up in Texas. My and my my dad's from Texas, my mom's from New Jersey, and my whole childhood I was like my mom sounds so irritable. Like even when she's not mad, she sounds pissed. And I definitely have that sometimes or I'm like I I get heated about things and I sound angry and I'm not angry at all, like not even an ounce. And like I think that sort of abrasiveness, I cannot imagine being with like a soft spoken. Totally family when i'm like come on like even that just being like no come on yeah, like totally that like even that just attitude yeah yes so no, i agree yeah.
2: i remember i was on a date with this guy who was a redhead who was like totally like i mean i don't mean to be i don't know what he was i don't know if he was christian i don't know if he was catholic i don't know if he was episcopalian but he was very polite and very non-jewish and we went on a date and <laughs> and you know he's the kind of guy that would like Throw himself over a spire before he would say how he actually feels, mm-hmm. and we were we were on a first date and we were having a drink at this bar called the sixteen hundred. What is it? I don't know. It's on Sunset and Silver Lake. Not important. But we were there, and this really annoying girl came up to us in the middle of our first date. Clearly, we were on a date. I was all gussied up, and we we're sitting right next to each other. and This extremely annoying girl that had been in an improv class with them five years ago. Came and pulled up a chair and sat oh down, and for Stop fifteen it. minutes was just like gabbing away. I was waiting for him to do something, and finally, I grabbed our drinks and I said, "We're on a first date. We're going to go sit over there now." And I grabbed our drinks and I just walked away. And oh he my god! Me. And I had no idea did if he, he looked shocked. I didn't know if he was going to be happy or sad. And I was like, "I'm sorry, I just couldn't do another minute of that." And he's like, "Oh no, thanks. I'm glad you did that." And as soon as that happened, I was like, "I can't marry this guy because I can't that be the one so to grab the drinks and run away." Like. You know, I didn't even know if he was how he felt about it. Also, we went back to his house and we went back to his house and it was such a mess on his coffee table. I mean, this was such a bachelor pad. I was 30 when I hooked up with him. He had a sock and a bottle of soy sauce on his coffee table. I was like, it's like art department decorated it to be a disaster. Like it was like a sock. Why is there a sock and soy sauce right here? <laughs> Art
3: department decorated this
2: just to tell me that this was like no go. It is too deliberate.
3: It does feel like wait, did somebody like set decorate? Yeah, like how do these two things end up too, here? This is too bachelor pad, yeah. like a sock and a soy sauce. Yeah. Like, oh, that is you can't write that. That's shit. what I'm
2: saying. And then I went to Birthright, and I I've dated many more non-Jews than Jews, so it's always like once in a blue moon I date a Jewish guy, and I did went on Birthright and like. Ended up having a Jewish boyfriend from that. And it was just like so relaxing because I was just like fully myself. And he just thought it was totally cool and totally could hang. And he wasn't intimidated. And I was like, ah, relaxing. (laughs) But then he was a Zionist and he was mad that I criticized Israel. So we had to break up. Oh. It was too Jewish, actually, if you can believe it. Okay. So after that (laughs) Judaic rant, The episode closes with everyone you know listen this this show takes shots at a lot of different minority groups but when it's my own we gotta we gotta discuss it um the episode closes with everyone dancing unsure about what will come next which leads us to the question of the episode
1: that night i thought about what it takes to make a relationship work till death do us part most singles have more long-term success with friends so maybe it is a better strategy to marry a friend. However, in the absence of sex, whether that's the arrangement or just what happens after a few years, what distinguishes this companion from your many other companions? When it comes to saying, I do, is a relationship a relationship without the zazazoo?
2: Zoo? It's a really fabulous episode and a really fabulous question. Yeah. And I think it really depends on the couple. I mean, I'm single. I'm definitely waiting for the zazazoo. I don't picture myself settling with someone for companionship, but I don't think there's anything at all wrong with that or I don't think it makes it less of a legitimate marriage. What do you think, Jamie?
3: I don't I don't think it makes it a less legitimate marriage. Definitely not, but I do I do worry about like the sustainability cuz if you really don't have any Zaza zazazoo for a while, like I I just that's like to me that's just kind of bad that's kind of sad i think that i think that it's if you had it initially i think it's easier to find your way back to it if it never really existed in the first place you're not going to generate it that's interesting that's that's kind of how i feel not that you 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 could lose sight of it but i think you can conjure what it was like to have it a little more easily if it was there to begin with i think that when you go into something where it's like pure settling i don't see that ending well
2: yeah it's interesting i mean i just don't know enough about those types of marriages i don't can't think of too many people i know who have those um yeah i i think that i think that carrie's grappling with something that my impression of carrie is that she's never really been in a very long relationship it seems like maybe a year tops and so I think she's really hung up on the idea of sex. And oh, my God, how could you be together if you're not having sex? And not that sex isn't a big deal, but I think probably people who have successful marriages that are 10, 20, 30 years long will tell you that there are probably years where they don't have sex. There are probably highs and lows and ups and downs. And I think in a very long marriage, you know, it's it's a journey like everything else, just like everything we're dealing with. It's like I know people who are happy couples who haven't had sex in COVID because they're like, I see I see him every day. I'm not turned on. It's not nothing to, about him. I think that being super, super obsessed with like, but how much sex are we going to have is, is sort of like a yeah. novice's kind of view of marriage if I, I've not been married, but it feels a little young to me to be like obsessed with that part of it. I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. I I had a thought about Carrie, which is. I think also Carrie, her whole zaza zoo, I think a lot of that is she needs male attention, like I think that she has issues where she likes like flirting yeah, and right. newness, and she's kind of that way about life in general like that's why I think New York City is such a perfect backdrop for her because it it sort of has like a self renewal like it always feels new and up and coming and there's always a neighborhood to discover. There's just a lot of newness in New York Good point. and, and it's also very classic. So, um, yeah, I think that both things exist, but that's, I think that's why she, the hustle bustle of New York, I think is like the perfect setting for her because it is naturally very flirtatious and she's just kind of, there's, there's an endorphin thing happening. And I think the Zaza zoo for her is, is that, and, I think that she's kind of, you know, conflicted because I think part of her is like, it would be really nice to have a partner and like trust them and be with them and settle down with them and, and nest with them. But then there's a part of her that's like, yeah, but this piece of me just like always wants bigger, better, newer, fresher.
2: Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's exactly correct. What's and
3: I, 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 I get that. I think for me, like with, I think I have that a little bit, like even with stand-up where I was like, kind of. yeah, I think I, a little bit where I'm just like, oh, I just want to like dash around to places, and yeah, I think I just like kind of magical. I, I understand, uh, yeah, there's something magical about it. So I think that you know that can be that can be a tough thing. I think a lot of artists struggle with that because we're always kind of like thinking and coming up with new ideas. It's just like you're just generating there's like a turnover happening so makes sense um yeah i feel like that's what's going on with carrie a little bit
2: skylar you've been in a long-term relationship what do you think about zaza zoo
0: i think i first of all uh jess i every time i hear zaza zoo it sounds just the phrase sounds very dr seuss to me which i is very goofy but as for like it is the, so goofy but as for the concept i think. I think it's a totally legitimate thing to both want and kind of just expect out of a relationship, especially if it's going to be a relationship that lasts. Uh-huh. Like, there are two people who are compatible, who see the world similarly, who get along, could work. But it's that, it's that extra spark that Zaza Zoo that, like, really makes it something that is worth ki- sustaining for a very long time and makes that not even something that you really have to square to yourself that often because mm-hmm. you just get mm-hmm. it. It's intuitive when you have that. And that's, I think, a little bit. I think that that's a very important thing. But also, again, to your point earlier, Rose, there are absolutely marriages of all different shapes and sizes. So that's not to invalidate marriages that don't necessarily that aren't built on that. But to me, it's a valuable thing. And, it, and it's a valuable thing for a relationship.
2: Yeah, I do think it's sort of the difference between a friend and your partner. You know, mm-hmm. it's like totally. sort of the difference. Definitely. Totally. I think
3: that's 100% true.
2: Okay, Jamie, you want to kick us off with our horny
3: force? Oh, sure. Okay, so Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Well, thank you for
2: asking. I'm going to do two because I missed last week. Oh, my I would first love it. one is the Savage Fenty music video on Amazon Prime that Rihanna did. Rihanna! Oh my oh, god! Yeah. I feel like my mom. Rihanna! That. Rihanna! I cannot <laughs> believe I just did that. My mom calls feta cheese feta cheese, and like I want to scratch out my eyeballs. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I just said Rihanna. Ew, what am I? Okay, the Rihanna music video uh, for her underwear line on Amazon called the Savage Fenty video. It's forty-five minutes long. It is one of the most. Entertaining, gorgeous, inspiring, fabulous, body positive, diverse—it's just an absolute slam dunk. Love. Have that. you seen it, Jamie? Well,
3: no, but I've heard such good you gotta things watch I Have it. to watch it's it. It's really yeah, I will. fun I will. and
2: sexy. It's a huge okay. body celebration. You're gonna love it. Bodies of all shapes and sizes, all different women, men, and non-binary people. Lots of fabulous, funny, incredible, uh, celeb appearances. It's an absolute celebration. And it's just a a testament to what an icon she is. It's a fabulous must-watch video. So that's one of them. The second one is a show that a really good friend of mine writes on called Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. I just started watching it. And it's freaking fabulous. I'm so proud of Jamie, who's a supervising producer Mm. on it. It is an absolute delight. You know, you have these friends and they work on these great things. And you just kick your feet and you just forget to watch them. And then you watch them and you're just like, oh my God, I cannot be prouder. Um, It's an absolutely Mm. delightful show. It is funny. It is heartwarming. You know, it really makes you realize, not that it's easy, but you know, think really cool shows like Fleabag and like I May Destroy You. And there's actually quite a lot of shows about like really messy, fucked up people. And I do love those shows. But when you watch Ted Lasso, you go, you know what? There's not that. I mean, I really can't even think of Maybe Mrs. Maisel is like one other show that's kind of like a positive can-do person that's not that tormented, but it's actually quite hard to write, I would think, because that's why there's probably not that many of them, but it's really nice to watch a show that is just a really different thing than what we get served mostly, which is just somebody who is a very joyful, low-ego, no-ego person who just wants to help and and um, it's an absolute delight. And I couldn't be more impressed and proud of you. So.
3: Oh, that's such a nice. That's so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, it. it's so funny to be like, thank you. Because it's like so many things going to making that yeah, show. But you're part of it. I'm like, I'm like one. Yeah, but you're it. a big part of it. Um, You're in there, girl. But.
2: So so that's a big wreck. Everyone
3: watch it. It is a great show. It is. I am really proud of it. it. Um,
2: What are your horny fours, James?
3: Okay, my horny four. Well, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I'm doing stand up, guys. I'm horny for performing in Portland, Oregon on November 5th. I'm going to be there the weekend. I'm going to be there November 5th through November 8th. So anyone who's in Portland, Oregon, or um you know nearby in in surrounding areas and feel like taking a drive i'm going to be at helium comedy club um they're safe socially distanced shows um i have a couple of friends who have performed there recently that, and they said it's i actually am not 100% sure the club can speak to it better than i can but um yeah everyone's going to be in masks and um yeah i mean i i know that the capacity is very very reduced okay. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I have not done standup really. I did a little bit of stand-up for like five minutes at an outdoor show, but, um, I'm very nervous about doing an hour. I literally like, even as I say it, I'm like, I feel hesitant promoting this show because I'm like, what am I getting people into? But it is a great club. Helium in Portland is one of my favorite places in the United States to perform. So if I'm gonna perform, at least I'm like in a good spot awesome. to do that. And um yeah, so that's November fifth through the eighth. Um yeah, so there's that. I'm horny for that. And I'm horny for my future jewelry line only child. <laughs> Yay,
2: can't wait. It's a coming. It's coming, you guys. I can't wait. Okay. Well this was a delightful episode. I'm glad to see you guys. Yeah I'm also Preaching horny for you. the
3: return of Rose Cerno. Again, like Seriously I missed you and was very worried about you and I did not express that on the podcast, but man, I'm really I'm glad that you're feeling a bit better. Well, I love you guys and I'm glad to be back.
0: Love you too. This is yes, it's good that you're back. I'm glad that you're feeling so much better.
3: <laughs> Me too. You don't even know. You guys, know. It's let's like, just I, uh, I'm like
2: so, so like it's only been a few days. Let's just see I know, I know, I know.
3: I'm I'm not I'm not getting ahead of myself. I know, I'm I just, not either. I'm just like I just from really the last time stick. I saw you I like it's already like a, an improvement from well, that thank so. you i'm
2: horny for surgery and, and for modern medicine so how about that yeah fuck yeah okay guys okay guys see you soon love, love you. you bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a
3: Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBWpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye
0: forever Dog. this has been a forever dog production executive produced by joe cilio alex ramsey and brett boehm for more original podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast keep up with the latest forever dog news by following us on twitter and instagram at forever dog team and liking our page on facebook <coughs>